What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jimmy Mullen Podcast. Tonight's episode is all about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, I just got back from the theater a little while ago, and uh, I'm going to be talking about my thoughts on the film. Uh, I'm recording this on Thursday evening. I had a 3 p.m. showing for the film. Uh, So uh, I did get to see it before a lot of people uh, will see it. So uh, I'm just going to say, before I get into spoiler-heavy stuff, and I will say, yes, this will contain spoilers, I'm going to get some stuff out of the way real quick just on the movie overall. So for people that just want to tune in to see what I think of the movie, I'm going to say it now, and then we'll get into the spoiler stuff. Uh, I got my setup all decked out with Black Panther stuff that I've gotten over the years. Uh, Some stuff I also got pretty recently. I have my Captain America Civil War Black Panther Funko Pop. I also have a Christmas ornament. I have the Disney Infinity Black Panther as well as the Avengers Endgame Happy Meal Black Panther. This was like one of the two secret uh, figures that they made along with Groot. Uh, and then I've got the T'Challa Star-Lord Funko Pop. I also just got this Marvel Legends uh, Black Panther at Best Buy right after I saw the film. And then I've got three uh, McDonald's Happy Meal uh, toys uh, from the new Wakanda Forever set that just came out. I have Shuri, Okoye, and uh, Namor. Before I get into the spoiler-heavy stuff, I just want to talk about the movie, like I said. So uh, from for what seemed like a daunting task... I, I feel this movie pulls it off in such a respectful way uh, to not only uh, the character of the Black Panther, but also to uh, Chadwick Boseman, who, of course, passed away back in 2020. And thus, the direction for this movie had to be changed very drastically uh, to accommodate that. Uh, all of the characters in this film are strong. They're great on screen tons of character dynamic tons of chemistry all sorts of stuff like that and i will say while i enjoy the first movie just a little more i do appreciate this movie for what it is and it's grand it's it's really good i i had such a good time with it and uh yeah it's a it's a welcoming grand finale to phase four and uh, honestly i think it's probably one of the best projects to come out of the entirety of phase four that we've had over the last two years. So with that said, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I loved it. Uh, if you guys get a chance, make sure you go to the theater this weekend to go see it. It's a it's a really good time. And uh, now I will give out the warning. Uh, from here on out, this video, this episode of the podcast will contain spoilers for the events in this movie. Pretty much major spoilers. I'm going to talk about the whole movie from scene to scene. Uh, just, just talking about my thoughts on everything. Just breaking down uh, stuff that happens in the film and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure there will be stuff that people will point out that I don't talk about. So, of course, you know, there's other stuff out there too. So go check that stuff out as well after you're done with this. Uh, And, yeah, so to start out the film, uh, it opens up dramatically with Shuri panicking to recreate an herb that she is trying to use to cure T'Challa of his sickness they don't explicitly say in the movie what he dies from but of course in the real world Chadwick Boseman passed away from cancer uh I don't know if they went with cancer for uh the movie but still you know of course she's she's panicking trying to find a way to to help him yeah unfortunately it did not work he ended up passing before she was able to find uh a good 
outcome. Nothing was working in her favor, unfortunately. This is definitely also notable because the reason she's trying to do this so bad is because of the fact that Killmonger burned down all of the herb that they had uh, because, you know, he felt like, okay, so I'm going to be king forever, so we don't need any of this. Uh, since, you know, he he figured, you know, no one's going to challenge him or anything, and that would be it. So, of course, they don't have their, their herbs, so they're just trying to find a way to fix everything, but unfortunately it did not go that way. Um, he passes away, and then we transition into the Marvel Studios intro cinematic, which... Uh, they initially debuted on Disney Plus when when Chadwick Boseman passed away. They actually changed the uh, intro on Disney Plus to this new one that honors Chadwick Boseman, and I thought that was amazing. Uh, I went and watched that when that came out, and they reused it for Wakanda Forever, and I think that's just beautiful. It was a great way to honor him, and then the movie opens with his funeral. It's a beautiful ceremony. Then they send his corpse off, and. Then we get to a one-year time jump. Uh, everything in this movie takes place a year after T'Challa's passing. So at this point, everyone in the world knows that Wakanda has all of these resources and access to vibranium, as T'Challa basically opened up Wakanda to the whole world and told them, yes, this is we have all these resources, we want to use them to help people. It has become a bit of a problem, though, especially after T'Challa's passing, that people are trying to steal the vibranium from these uh, reach-out centers that they've built in multiple parts of the world. Ramonda has now been reinstated as queen after T'Challa's passing, and she stands in front of the United Nations explaining to them that one of their facilities was raided by a couple of mercenaries, uh, and thankfully nothing was taken. Uh, it turns out the Dormelage were uh, hidden behind this secret door, and they kicked ass, uh, including Okoye, and new character Anika, who is played by Michaela Cole. And Wakanda actually presents the, uh, the mercenaries to the United Nations. They bring them in, have them kneel, and say, yeah, uh, we're making an example out of these people. Basically saying, don't fuck with us. Don't try and take our, material, our resources. You know, We will choose how to distribute it because they know that it will get in the wrong hands. Uh, they know that vibranium can make weapons and all sorts of things like that. So they want to make sure that it doesn't get in the wrong hands. We cut to the ocean where the CIA is working with the Navy SEALs to find a trace of vibranium that they found thanks to this giant machine uh, that they have acquired. And it's not said how they got it uh, until later in the movie, but we'll get to that, of course. They send two divers down to retrieve the vibranium that they found. Uh, and then they get killed by this jellyfish-looking thing, this giant jellyfish. Just kind of, like, silently kills them off. And then we cut to the ship. A group of what appears to be blue people starts coming out of the water. They start singing in harmony. And it turns out it's a sonic brainwash uh, move that they use on people, which basically puts them in a trance, and then they just jump off the boat to their deaths. Uh, 30 people die, including close friends of Everett Ross uh, that were members of the CIA, and people figure it's Wakanda, but Wakanda takes no responsibility for it, of course, because they didn't do it, and everyone's trying to figure out you know, where these people came from, why they're doing this. 
What do they know about vibranium? That question starts to linger. We cut back to Wakanda uh, as Ramonda and Shuri go together down to the river as Ramonda wants Shuri to burn her funeral garment as a way to move on uh, from the morning and, you know, continue on and be strong. But Shuri doesn't want to do that. She, you know, she does She She has trouble in believing in Wakandan faith where death isn't the end. Uh, you know, uh, when you die, you go to live on with your ancestors. And she has a hard time believing in all of that. She doesn't really understand it. She's, you know, she's just, she kind of has hesitancy on it. Uh, and, she, you know, she kind of sticks her ground like, yeah, my brother is dead. And it's hard for me to process that. Our story's antagonist, Namor, then comes out of the water. He's got these wings on his feet. They're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Like, who is this guy? He snuck into the country. What's he doing here? What does he want? And it turns out that he has information on the machine that the CIA was using to track this vibranium. Turns out that it was a scientist in the U.S. that sold it to the CIA. And he wants Wakanda to find this scientist, bring them to him so he can kill her. And, of course, you know, they, they don't want to just have him kill her. They want to figure out, like, hey, you know, this person knows a lot about vibranium. Uh, we should probably talk to her. So they go on this mission, and Ramonda's very, like, not okay with Shuri going off. And Okoye, like, entrusts her that, you know, she'll be safe. And she ends up agreeing, and then they go off on their journey to Cambridge, Massachusetts, where they find a college student, a 19-year-old named Riri Williams, who is actually a technological genius. She has all of this knowledge about technology and building stuff. She's got a ton of stuff that she's made, and, you know, it doesn't take her as much time to make things, and, you know, she's starting to show a bit of uh, Tony Stark in her. They go to Riri's garage, her little hideout, where she has a bunch of her technology. And it turns out that she's making Stark technology or something just like it. And uh, Shuri's, like, in shock by all of this. The FBI then surrounds the garage as they found out that she would be there. They then escape, they split up, and Riri gets inside of a giant Iron Man-like suit and flies out of the garage building. I really liked it how they just kind of went through quickly, you know, what her story is and all that. They didn't spend too much time on it. You know, they basically just got to the point and said, yeah, this is what she's about. And I thought that was great. And showing the Iron Man suit as well, you know, really went to show what potential that she has. Now, in the comics, I know that Namor's people are called the Atlanteans, and I know they're a different name uh, in the movie. But uh, please forgive me. I could not remember what it was. And I had trouble finding it on the internet because the movie isn't technically out yet. So I'm just going to refer to them as Atlanteans uh, for the rest of this episode. So uh, please forgive me. Uh, but you guys will know what I mean when I say Atlanteans. And of course, if you're comic book fans, you know that already. The Atlanteans get into a fight with Okoye as Okoye tries to fend them off and protect Shuri. But then Okoye gets thrown into the water by a water bomb and the Atlanteans kill all of the witnesses so all of the police officers that were surrounding them are now dead and the traces of their vehicles are also completely gone with not even a trace other than tons of broken glass sherry leaves her beads behind because she's not there she was actually 
taken by the Atlanteans at her own request, saying that she wanted to speak to Namor and possibly negotiate not killing Riri. So she goes off with them, and Okoye is left in the water trying to understand, and now she has to go home and report that, yeah, she lost Shuri. So she does that, and Ramona obviously is not very happy with her and removes her rank from the Dora Milaje. So now she just lives as a citizen of Wakanda. We cut back to the bridge scene. There's tons of sharded glass everywhere. And then we see Contessa Allegra Valentina DeFontaine. I'm, I'm sure I butchered that, but that's her full name. She's played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, of course, from Seinfeld fame. And she's also popped up in a couple other projects already. She was in The Falcon and Winter Soldier. She was in Black Widow. And... We find out more information on her. Uh, Going in, I actually had no idea she was in the movie, so this was a nice surprise. And then we also learn a lot more about her. Not only is she recruiting the Thunderbolts, but she's also the director of the CIA. So she's working in secret, trying to recruit all these dark Avengers to do whatever. I guess we'll find out when Thunderbolts comes out. But yeah, Uh, and we also find out that she's actually had a history with Everett Ross. Turns out they were married previously. And she also has a purple streak in her hair now. I honestly can't remember whether or not she had that before, but uh, I guess it is notable that she does have that streak of purple hair. That was in the uh, promo art for Thunderbolts that they showed at D23. And like I said, I just can't remember whether or not she had that before, but yeah, it's it's pretty present now with her hair styled differently. So Ross takes Shuri's beads, uh, of course, thinking that he just found them. Of course, we find out later that they had been tracked the entire time, but for the time being, uh, he uses them to call Ramonda and say that uh, he has the beads and you know he stays in communication with her throughout the movie. We cut to Talakan, the city that Namor rules. Uh, he invites Shuri uh, with him to see the city as she's, of course, never seen it before, and she's, and she's in awe just at how beautiful the environment is and the people there just love it there and of course obviously they know nothing else but you know for what it is it's it's a peaceful it's a peaceful world but of course namor is not a very peaceful guy and uh of course we will see what happens with that uh he then says to shuri that he wants to overthrow a bunch of on the surface nations of course meaning above the water as he's pretty much been underwater his entire life other than burning down a house when he was a child seeing uh, a bunch of people in slavery made him angry killing all of them and smiling about it uh and then he tells shuri like hey like i i want you to help me i want you to help me do this you know we can stop them from taking vibranium and we can work together and he also wants to kill riri because she made that contraption for the cia and you know he's unsure of what else she could be capable of so he wants to just take her out but sherry of course is like no don't do that they end up just not agreeing ramonda then goes to haiti and then we find out that's where nakia has been all of this time uh you know before the events of infinity war up until now she had been in haiti being a teacher at a school we find out that she left right after thanos's attack and the snap happening with T'Challa disappearing for five years. Uh, She ended up retreating to Haiti and staying there 
and she ended up not attending T'Challa's funeral in Wakanda. There is, of course, a reason for that, though, and, of course, we will get there when we get there, but for now, let's continue. Nakia agrees to help. She ends up going to look for Talokan. She starts asking around the area what she could possibly do to find it, and she ends up getting a lead. She then enters Talokan, and she ends up rescuing Shuri and Riri. At the same time, Namor is approached by Ramonda. They meet up, and uh, she tells him that she wants Shuri and Riri back. And it turned out that was a distraction for Nakia to get in there. However, one of the Atlanteans ends up taking Shuri hostage, pointing a spear at her head and saying, you know, I'll kill her if you shoot. Nakia ends up killing her, though. Namor sees, he watches her die in his arms, and of course now he's not happy. This means war. In retaliation, he sends his army to start flooding the city of Wakanda. They start doing that sonic brainwash singing thing, and a bunch of Wakandans just start jumping to their deaths before they try to get onto the airships to help people. The palace is then overflown with water, and Ramonda and Riri are then trapped underwater. Ramonda wakes up from being unconscious and brings Riri to the surface, but she's unfortunately not strong enough to make it all the way up. She gets to the surface, but after giving CPR, Riri survives, but unfortunately Ramonda passes right in front of Shuri. Namor then threatens to come back, and then we are given Ramonda's funeral. At this point, Shuri has lost not only both her parents, but of course her brother. Mbaku then tries to comfort Shuri, saying that he gave T'Challa a promise that he would look after Shuri. Meanwhile, in the U.S., Ross ends up finding out that Ramonda passes away via the news, and Val then reveals to him that she knew that he had been communicating with Ramonda the whole time with the beads, as as she had put a tracker on it, she bugged it. She was able to find out all of the information that he knew about Wakanda due to their conversations, and thus arrested him. They had also met with the United Nations, and they had also planned to de-escalate Wakanda, basically rip all of its resources from them, and pretty much invade. Despite Ross telling them that that just wasn't a good idea, they they just they just don't seem to care. So that might be leading to a Black Panther three. We we don't know yet though. Or it could be leading to a Disney Plus series because there are multiple Wakanda Disney Plus series in the works at the moment. With Ramonda dead and Wakanda flooded, they retreat to the Jabari tribe where M'Baku lives. And I haven't talked about M'Baku yet, but he has a bunch of great moments in this film. I'll get to that when I talk about the characters individually, though. This is when they start to come up with a plan to prepare for the attack from Talakan because they know it's coming. Due to Shuri just being at rock bottom and losing everything, she then decides that, yeah, now that my brother and my mother are gone, I think it might be time to just accept that and take on the mantle of the Black Panther. They had been saying the whole time that the Black Panther was gone because they ended up not replacing him after he passed away due to the fact that the herb was all burned out. So the whole time they've been left without a king, but now Shuri decides that she has to do what she regrettably doesn't want to do, but she knows that she has to at this point, and she ends up coming to terms with that. They start working on a new herb formula thanks to a resource that they got from being in Talakan. Shuri ended up taking some of their vibranium and using it for the herb, and it's a success. They end up giving her the herb, and as she's going into sleep, 
She sees tons of flashbacks of T'Challa and Ramonda's passings, and you can see her anxiety, her fear from all of that, all of the trauma that's been suppressed. And she ends up waking up, seeing the afterlife, but it's a burning palace. She doesn't know what she's surrounded by. And then, you know, she thinks her mother is sitting on the throne, but it turns out it's her cousin, Eric Killmonger who for a short time did lead Wakanda and is a part of her family. And honestly, this was such a nice surprise. I wasn't sure whether or not he'd be in the movie. I figured since, you know, he was in What If that maybe the future is bright for this character despite him being dead. And they made it happen. He does appear in Shuri's vision. And she's so confused as to why he showed up and not T'Challa or Ramonda. They wanted her to see Ramonda, but... Killmonger appeared instead. He talks to her and tries to ask her, like, oh, why did you choose me? And she's like, I didn't choose you. And then he tells her it's probably because you have so much vengeance in your heart compared to your brother. You've lost so much and you're just angry. And she ends up realizing that and then waking up. But this is when she decides, yes, now that I have this strength, she ends up sucker punching a mannequin by accident with like barely any force and she's like yeah time to get on that suit so she enters the jabari tribe in the black panther getup, and she beats mbaku in an arm wrestling match and yeah then yeah she's declared that she's she's the black panther she's stronger than mbaku yeah they did it after all this time with no king there's finally a new black panther then they start figuring out how they're going to take down namor they end up finding a weakness which turns out that he needs oxygen to absorb into his skin and that's what gives him the ability to not only breathe underwater, but also live on air. He also can't be over the water for too long. He'll need water to regenerate. So the plan is to get him away from the water, and so he'll be dehydrated a lot faster. In the process of all this, Riri gets a new suit made completely out of vibranium, and it's a lot different compared to the Iron Man suits. It has some of the same color schemes, but is definitely different enough to differentiate her from Tony Stark, and I really appreciate that. Not to mention Okoye and Anika get these really cool decked-out vibranium Iron Man-like suits, which people are going to be like, oh, they Iron Man them, but honestly, who cares? That shit is awesome. It gives Okoye a lot more uniqueness out of the rest of the Dora Milaje, despite her having tons of character compared to most of them. It lets her stand out a bit more, and I really respect that. Not to mention Anika being comic relief throughout parts of the movie as well, getting it. I think she deserved it. The fight takes place on this giant Wakandan battleship, and the Atlanteans start coming up from the water, and they're fighting off the Wakandan army, and the fight gets intense to the point where Shuri lures Namor to a ship and gets him away from the fight, takes all of his oxygen. They end up fighting... And they crash land on this remote island where they duke it out. Some scratching to the face comes in, some stabbing, tons of spear clashing. And it ends up with both of them being weakened. Shuri ends up getting stabbed, but miraculously, Ramonda comes to her and gives her the strength to carry on. And she ends up nearly killing him. But then at the last moment, with Ramonda telling her that this is not you, she regains her footing. And she threatens Namor. She says, yield, and we will not speak of you to others. We'll let you live in peace, and we will be allies. 
and he yields. So both nations are united. There's celebration. The Atlanteans go back home to Talakan. However, Namor actually has more up his sleeve than he tells Shuri, of course. Uh, he knows the countries will try to invade Wakanda for its resources. And he knows Wakanda will come to him for help. And that's when he can proceed with his plans. We don't know exactly what he has planned, maybe to take over or something, but it is looming in the air. That might be something for either a Disney Plus series or Black Panther 3. We'll just have to wait and see. Okoye saves Everett Ross from his custody, and then Shuri goes to Haiti to finally burn her funeral garment and just move on and be the Black Panther. She has a talk with Nakia about it and says, yeah, this is where I want to do it. And then the garment starts burning, the credits roll, and we're greeted with Lift Me Up by Rihanna, her first release in six years. And I will get to that when I talk about the music in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, this movie was beautiful all the way through. I thought it was great. Then we get to the post credit scene. Uh, there is only one. It's a, it's a mid credit scene. There is no second post credit scene at the very end. It's similar to Endgame. You know, where it ends off, you know, with the characters passing and, you know, showing their legacy. Uh, so they just decide not to tease things. Uh, it's more, it's not, it's like, it's a bit of a teaser, but it's also just more of a wholesome thing at the end. Nakia brings out her son to Shuri, introduces him, and it turns out that this is her nephew. T'Challa and Nakia had a kid in secret in between the events of Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. With T'Challa gone for five years and then him passing with the dangers of being involved with the throne and all of the stuff that comes with that, all the responsibilities, they just wanted him to have a more peaceful and less bubbly life. They wanted to give him a sense of the real world, so they ended up deciding to raise him in Haiti. He also then reveals that his Wakandan name is T'Challa, son of King T'Challa. It's also good to know that Ramonda also met him before she passed. And yeah, that's the end of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm now going to get into my thoughts on each of the characters. Uh, so starting out with Shuri, uh, she has a great standout role she had a lot to take on after losing so much and while i didn't expect her character to be so vengeful and rage filled uh it definitely caught me by surprise but i also don't blame her you know she lost not only her brother but her mother as well and they were all she had left she had said that she just buried the last person who truly knew her it was a lot on her and she's so young as well She's not a kid anymore, but she'd always been treated like one. And M'Baku even said to her that now your power and, you know, your will, now people will just have to view you as an adult. Whether she becomes queen or whatever the case is, we don't really know. But I guess we'll find out sooner or later. I hope we get to see her shine more as Black Panther in the future with projects like the multiple Wakanda Disney Plus shows, not to mention a pretty much easy Black Panther 3. Uh, I know there have been talks about it. It was said that Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige did throw words back and forth about it. I can't imagine they won't do it. I'm sure this movie will be a huge box office success. Not to mention Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. So, uh, you know, she'll probably end up popping up in those as well. Okoye, she shines bright. Has lots of great moments between her and Shuri, her and M'Baku. 
Her comedy was amazing. I've always loved Okoye as a character. I think she's amazing in all of the things she's appeared in. And I'm happy to see she got some real good character development in this film. Ramonda, she's a force to be reckoned with. She has a lot more time to shine in this film in comparison to previous films like the first Black Panther and the very brief part she had in Endgame. Her passing was definitely unexpected. I wasn't going into this movie thinking she was going to die, but I, th- I think it was needed for, for Shuri to have the strength to rise up and protect her people because she didn't really want all of that before. Like She was excited to go on missions, but she just didn't think like, oh, I'm going to be the Black Panther. She never really had that. So to have Ramonda pass, it really gave her the strength and will to want that. I think that's good. Nakia, she shines bright all throughout. Everything I've seen Lupita Nyong'o in, I've loved. Uh, I saw her in Us and a couple of other films over time. It's a shame she wasn't a part of Infinity War and Endgame, but now I'm glad she wasn't because we're left with a nice surprise at the end of the film with it being that she has a son. M'Baku is hilarious and easily the best character in this film for me. Uh, I loved him in the first Black Panther. Uh, I loved the fact that he was in Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, he, he's great. He's, his, his delivery is amazing. Uh, calling Okoye bald head ass. I thought that was amazing. Like, come on. Like that, that was, that was genius. That was wonderful. Well done, Winston Duke. I can't wait to see you in more stuff. As for Riri Williams, AKA Ironheart, I really liked her. I, I love how they just get straight to the point with her character. It reminded me a lot of Spider-Man when he showed up in Captain America Civil War. Tony Stark just kind of goes to his house and he's like, what's the deal? That's you. And then he's like, no, 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 it's not me. And then he agrees to go to Germany and fight Captain America. And then the rest is history. You see all the development throughout his films and all that. It's, it's pretty crazy. It has me really interested in the Ironheart Disney Plus series that's set to come out next year. I, I can't wait for it. As for Namor, uh, I knew practically nothing about this character before people started talking about him in regards to the MCU and the lead up to this film. I know he's a popular character. He is the leader of Atlantis and the Atlanteans in the comics. I know, of course, they changed that for this movie. I know I referred to them as Atlanteans, like I said, but you get the point. Uh, yeah, I knew he was a force to be reckoned with. I just I just didn't know much about the character, but I, I liked him in this movie. I thought he was good uh, for what he did. And I know they've been teasing this character for a while. You know, they talked about the earthquake under the ocean uh, in Endgame and all that. And Ryan Coogler has now even said that he told Kevin Feige, like, to not let anyone use Namor in a movie because he wanted to be the one to use him in Black Panther 2. So I guess that was the original plan to begin with. One thing I will say, though, I I definitely know what's going to happen. People are going to end up comparing him to Killmonger. I, I don't think that's fair. They're two very different dynamics. And yeah, they are similar in some ways, but it's it's two completely different circumstances. It's kind of like comparing apples to oranges. Everett Ross, great as always. Martin Freeman is a great actor. I loved him in uh, the Edgar Wright movies he was in and uh, all the other stuff I've seen him in. I loved him in Civil War. I loved him in Black Panther. And I'm really glad that they were able to bring him back for this movie. He's definitely one of the best parts of the first Black Panther. With him previously married to Val, it really opens up the gates to see like, oh, what are all these secrets about all these smaller characters that we've kind of seen and stuff. Now we're going to learn more about them. I've seen a lot of that with Phase 4. It reminds me of uh, Sharon Carter when she's revealed to be the the power broker or whatever the fuck they called it, honestly, I can't remember. 
uh, Wanda, of course, getting her own show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, getting their characters uh, more development in their show. Loki, uh, we learn more about him and Hawkeye. You know, it's just it's just more of that, and I love that. I think that's great. Giving more depth to already established characters, I think, is great, even the smaller ones. Let's keep doing that, Marvel. Like I said, Killmonger is a really nice surprise. I had a feeling with him being in What If, he was going to end up appearing in other things, but I wasn't sure about this movie specifically. I'm really glad he was, though. It was a really great surprise. And yeah, I hope this isn't the end for him. Maybe in Secret Wars, when they're having the big multiverse battle, we'll see a Black Panther that's actually him. I just want more reasons to see Michael B. Jordan and stuff. I think he's a fantastic actor, so... Honestly, anything goes. As for other things uh, with this, uh, there was an album that came out uh, alongside this film. I have not listened to it yet. Uh, I've listened to the songs that were in the movie. That's it. Uh, I do plan on going through it, though. I just wanted to say, though, uh, I've, I avoided all the music and all the clips. You know, The only things I saw leading up to this movie were the two trailers that came out. That was it. I didn't see any extended clips. I didn't listen to any of the songs that were released early. I, I didn't, I avoided all of it because I just wanted a fresh intake. And yeah, not hearing Lift Me Up ahead of time was awesome. Uh, this is Rihanna's first release in six years and uh, I'm glad that she's back. I hope that we get a new album from her soon. Yeah, um, the other songs throughout the film are great. I can't wait to hear them again and again. And uh, like I said, I would have listened to the album, but... Uh, I just wanted to get this out as soon as possible, but I will be doing so throughout the rest of the weekend. The album will be on repeat, and however long I plan on doing so, I'm, I'm going to add probably most of the songs to my playlist. And uh, yeah, uh, as for Chadwick Boseman, uh, I first saw work from him when he starred in 42, which was a biopic about Jackie Robinson. And I love that movie. He was excellent in it. When they first announced in 2015 that he'd be playing Black Panther in Captain America Civil War, I was ecstatic. Despite the fact that I knew nothing about the character, I was really excited because Chadwick Boseman was going to be in the MCU. I had no expectations as to who and who couldn't be in Marvel at the time, but I was just really excited to see an actor that I knew already was a part of this. Watching over time all the movies that he was involved in, being Captain America Civil War, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, he shines in all of them, uh, especially in Captain America Civil War, uh, which I rewatched that and the first one, uh, the first Black Panther, uh, leading up to Wakanda Forever. And uh, yeah, even still, he shines all throughout both of those films, as well as his parts in Infinity War and Endgame. He's absolutely fantastic, and it's an absolute shame that we lost him. He was such a talent a phenomenal actor. I would have loved to see him in many other things. I know there's tons of other movies that he's been a part of over the years, and I do plan on watching a lot of those uh, over time. And yeah, uh, I, I miss the man. I, I'm very grateful for what he was able to give to us, and uh, I just obviously, of course, I wish that he was still here. Uh, and, you know, there's been this debate about whether or not they should recast him and honestly, I think not recasting him was a pretty bold decision. I wasn't sure whether or not they would, and they decided not to. And I think it was very noble, uh, you know, not only giving the spotlight to another character in the next film, but but also just, you know, honoring his legacy. Uh, I guess 
Colonel Thunderbolt Ross, you know, isn't much of a difference. You know, I mean, getting Harrison Ford is probably better anyway. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy with uh, the way this movie turned out. The way they honored him was amazing. And yeah, that's going to wrap it up for my thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Be sure to check out my last episode where I talked about my thoughts on She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and Werewolf by Night. Uh, episode 50 is coming your way really soon. I'm hoping to get that out as soon as possible. And then after that, I'm going to go ham. I'm going to be talking about Sonic Frontiers. I have plans to do that as well as uh, watch a bunch of shows uh, over the next couple months and giving my thoughts on each of those. Uh, I just started watching Breaking Bad, so uh, you might see some Breaking Bad-related content in regards to this podcast really soon. Uh, but yeah, with that said, uh, thank you guys for watching. Be sure to check out the podcast on audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Follow the podcast on uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the video. Hit the bell. And with that said, thank you all so much for watching, and I will catch you on the next one. Take it easy. Peace.